Today's Unseminary podcast episode is brought to you by Regal Theater Church, the only theater company providing full-service consultation for churches wanting to create dynamic worship services in familiar, culturally relevant venues, the local movie theater, with lots of parking, spacious lobbies, plenty of bathrooms, and a perfect view of the screen from a comfortable seat. Regal Theaters are ideal for church plants and multi-sites. Learn more at regaltheaterchurch.com or call their incredible team at 1-800-792-8244 today. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, happy Thursday, everybody. My name's Rich, the host around these parts. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. I am so glad that you've decided to uh, spend some time with us today. I know uh, there's a lot going on at your church, and as you get ready for this weekend, uh, we're just honored that you would pop yourself in, or not pop yourself, pop us in your earbuds um, uh, to just listen into today's conversation. I am so honored to have Krista Hesselink with us. She is a return guest, which I think there's only been two or three people that that's happened for, uh, and I'm so excited to have Krista back on the show. Uh, Krista, welcome. Hello. Be nice to be here again. Uh, I'm so glad to have you here. Chris is a, a longtime friend, although we're not that old, so it's not that long. But, uh, right, you know, right. <laughs> a great, a great leader that you really need to plug into and listen into today's conversation because we've got some, you know, great stuff happening. She's worked both in ministry, kind of local church context, but also in some nonprofit context her entire life. Uh, she really has been a part of seeing transformation happen in la- in her own life and in mm-hmm. lives around her in a lot of different ways. And we're going to kind of dig into some of that today. Currently, kind of her her day job is she's the director of next generation engagement which is a, one of the fanciest titles i've heard in a long time uh, with, with a group called the brethren in christ uh, in canada they're a fantastic denomination uh krista why don't you tell us kind of give us a, a bit of a uh, a nugget of your story give us a, a bit of this story here which i know is is a lot so just a little nugget <laughs> well sure uh like you said i've been in a ministry context my entire life right out of school actually university i went to calvin college in grand rapids michigan and became a sort of a youth pastor in a church in rochester new york Mm -hmm. and when i was 24 uh, my life took a really dramatic turn Mm -hmm. Uh, i was diagnosed with hodgkin's lymphoma and i sort of went into that season um thinking oh this is going to be hard but i am going to have a great story at the end of this and I'll be better for it. And I went into that time, it was obviously incredibly challenging, um, chemo and radiation and, and sort of living on my own. Uh, but right in the middle of that time, my brother, my only uh, sibling was killed in a car accident. Hmm. So I know it's a little bit of a shock to people who are just like tuning in because I get right. right there, but, but no, to no. M- that, that is, um, that's a, you know, a defining moment in my whole life. I mean, I sort of see my whole life as before April 7th, 1999 and after. And it was a beginning of an incredibly difficult, lonely, long spiritual journey into the darkness. Mm. Um, I think obviously it's incredibly traumatic to lose your only sibling who I was very close to, his name was Todd. Um, but what was probably more difficult was just the deep sense of abandonment I felt from God at the time. And um, and I, I actually thought my life was completely over. I mean, my whole life was defined by my faith in Christ, my job, my friends, and I just was, wasn't sure I was going to be able to continue. So it was a long journey of sort of 
um, deconstructing a lot of things and reconstructing a lot of things. And, and now 17 years later, you know, I have, um, I can reflect back on an incredible, uh, transformation in my own life from literally face down in the death zone, Hmm. physically, emotionally, spiritually to this rebirth of, of joy and gratitude and abundance really. And Mm -hmm. so, um, that, that's a long, long journey. That's Mm -hmm. like the 17 years in a nutshell, (laughs) but you know, that's my own story. But when you talked about at the beginning of the intro, just about witnessing other people's transformation, you know, a couple of years ago when I was on the podcast, I was talking about my work in sort of global outreach and compassion engagement ministries. And obviously the incredible transformative work that I would see from sort of um, development agencies on the ground and the, and the transformation of people's lives from, from really, uh, yeah, face down in the death zone in, in in really dramatic ways to this sort of rebirth, not only in physical ways, but also um, just community transformation. And then being a pastor for 10 years, you know, your listeners know this. How many times do we sit across from people? Um, and really the heart of it is I just want to see some change in my life. It could be I'm I'm struggling in my marriage or I'm really lonely or I want to grow closer to Jesus. It's like there is this I'm here and I want to go here. And so I've um, spent a lot of time thinking about transformation, but it really was motivated by my own experience of of just the miraculous slow transformative work of God in my life. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't want to leave that. Let's let's lean in here a little bit. Sure. So, sure. you know, I think um I think a lot of people in this, faced with the situation that you were faced with 17 mm-hmm. years ago would mm-hmm. have been easier, very easy to go bitter rather than better. And I'm sure there were long yeah. moments in there that were, you know, were filled with, with darkness. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. What part did, did you play in the transformation that happened mm-hmm. in your life? And then what part did God play in that transformation? Yeah. And let me just say right out of the gate, like this is, this is really hard. I would, I would not have been able to have this conversation and I certainly wouldn't have been able to identify the answers to that question mm-hmm. right in the right in the throes of <laughs> yeah, the pit. Yes. Um, and and quite frankly even a few years later, you know, you don't really realize what's happening until you look back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we I think in our culture when we think about like personal life change and transformation, I mean honestly, if you Google um, transformation, you will see images of people who are flabby to, you know, six pack ab all <laughs> right. starts. And, and so we, it's like, it's, it's what we have to do. And, you know, self-help books, that's the whole point. It's like you change yourself. Um, when it comes to, I think, really significant life change, it is an interior um, thing. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we partner and remain open to with God, but it is the work of God in our mm, life. Mm. And I think it's unique for everyone in terms of how they would identify, like, what part did you play? What part did God play? You know, there are some key moments where, um, you know, I would say there was these sort of very unique supernatural zings and, you know, like less than less than five, you know, I can count yeah. them on one hand, mm-hmm. um, over the last 10 and 15 years. But, you know, you look back and you realize the timing of conversations. Um, you look back and you see the people that were in your life. Mm-hmm. And you, and I feel like there was just an enormous amount of grace given to me by mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. as he would for anyone to, uh, to, 
to, to not let go of me so that I couldn't let go of the idea of God, even though I was completely willing to just walk away. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I remember saying, if this is not, like, I can't do this. Like, my, mm-hmm. my idea of God is not working for me, so mm-hmm. I have to leave it, leave it all behind. Mm-hmm. And, and I, in a sense, I did actually leave it all behind, but what, what was rebuilt um, and, and rebirthed in me was a new and more comprehensive and thorough and robust and beautiful understanding of who who God is and and so in that process you know I I um I've been I, I you know I've written this book so mm-hmm. I've I've de- you know developed it's not necessarily unique but it's mm-hmm. certainly my own sort of rubric of what is what is transformation and, and mm-hmm. I sort of um see it as sort of eight progressive um interweaving steps mm-hmm. I guess you could say mm-hmm. I don't know if you want me to go through those. Yeah, absolutely. Before we jump there, you know, I think I just want to highlight one thing you said. I Mm -hmm. increasingly, as I talk with church leaders Mm -hmm. about kind of what's next, faith next, I think there is a sense that we've kind of come to the end of something, right? That we've come to the Mm -hmm. end of. Um, in this case, you're talking about your own personal transformation. You're talking sure. about coming to kind of the end of your faith. And even I liked when you said there, you know, I kind of did walk away from it all. Yeah. Um, but found something new on the other side of that, that in some way connected back to, um, you know, what had always been there. Can you talk a little bit about that when you talk about kind of walking away from, what were those pieces that you feel like you walked away from? And what mm-hmm. did you what did you find on the other side of that experience? And then we can jump into the, you know, the framework Absolutely. for sure. Absolutely. Well, Quite honestly, um, I think I was of I was raised in a Christian understanding of who God was that didn't really allow for pain. Mm. So it wasn't necessarily I wouldn't be able to point to a sermon specifically, mm. but it was just the culture that for me, I sort of intuited at twenty five years of age, the presence of pain, means the absence of God, because I'm supposed to feel comfort in suffering and joy amidst suffering. And I was not feeling comfort or joy. Mm. Um, I, was, I was in deep, deep grief and disillusionment and confusion and sadness and fear and anxiety. And that did not feel like comfort. That did not feel like peace. That did not mm. feel like joy. And so for me, I mean, it, I, I, can, I can chalk it up to a naive sort of uh, the naivety of youth, but mm. I, I think the church hasn't always done a great job of helping us understand that, um, you know, about just about grief and, mm. and mourning and, mm. and just sort of being willing to let the sovereignty of God not be put on trial just because people are in a really bad way. Mm. Um, so for me, I had to walk, that, that, that <coughs> idea didn't fit with, I, I couldn't actually have that understanding of God. So I felt like I, I walked away from that more um, maybe simple approach to thinking that, you know, the absence of pain means the presence of God, the presence of pain means the absence mm-hmm. of God in my own life in a mm-hmm. very personal way. And mm-hmm. it sort of opened me up to really understanding lament and grief. Um, I think, you know, to be quite honest, this isn't, this is something I, I'm still learning, but mm-hmm. I think that when God is transforming us, whether it's from a real tragedy, um, you know, like you want to move out of the pit to something different, uh, something better, but even just in our own sort of life transformation, we want to be a better version of ourselves. We want to mm-hmm. become more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think that we have often thought that God was changing us so that we would become more perfect in his eyes so he could love us more. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And I wonder actually if God is in the business of transformation because he wants us to experience his love more perfectly. Mm. Oh, that's and good. That, like that to me is, that, that's the essence of the whole book. Like that to me is so key. It's like, what if God wasn't changing me to be more perfect mm-hmm. so that he could love me more, but he mm-hmm. was changing me so I could actually experience his love more perfectly, this mm-hmm. abundance. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then, I, then his, then, uh, tr- uh, transformation is actually motivated by his love and it always leads to more love, more mm-hmm. abundance. And I, I can step into that. I can grab onto that. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, why don't we talk through, um, you know, a bit of the, the framework. Um, obviously, at the end of the day, I want people to pick up your book, but why don't you yeah. give us kind of a sense of, you know, what, you know, what you're talking about? Sure. Okay. Well, um, you know, I, I started about three years ago um, with no intention of writing a book. I just felt like it was time for me to write my story down. And I mm-hmm. went away and I took about three days and I sort of just wrote my story down. And I had been journaling my whole life, but never aspired to write a book. <laughs> and, um, and when I did, I, I really enjoyed the process. And I, I went away again about five months later for about a week just to sort of muse on some of these things that I had been thinking about as I was writing my story down. And really this framework poured out of me. And that's when I thought, oh, I, might be a book here. It might just be for me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Anyways, so basically the, the, the book that I've written is a way for um, people to sort of um, step into this conversation about transformation. It's illustrated with some of my own stories, but it's really a, a conversation about transformation. So right. the, the framework I would say that I've, I've pulled together is eight stages. Mm. It starts with love, and it ends with love. Um, just like I said, it's, it's mo- our transformation is motivated because of God's great love for us. Um, but the process of our transformation always leads to more love for ourself, mm-hmm. for God, for others. Mm-hmm. But in between, um, there's, there's some, I think, interesting things to think about when we think about transformation that I see everywhere. When I think about mm-hmm. transformation, whether I look at babies who are uh, growing, I look at the seasons outside, business, um, mm-hmm. business, uh, culture and transformation, and these things I think remain true. So here's mm-hmm. here it is. Um, obviously, we need to remain open. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the posture of being willing to be transformed, I think, is really key. And I've had situations in my life where I'm like, I know I want to become more whole in that area, mm-hmm. but I'm not really open mm-hmm. to like the process of transformation because mm-hmm. I I know it's going to probably require uh, some effort and it's not going to be easy. And so I think the open posture. Um, you know, one of the stories I share in the book around this is I used to um, be a camp counselor many years ago at a camp <laughs> <laughs> in Pennsylvania, and I was whitewater rafting, mm-hmm. uh, leading, uh, guiding a bunch of um, kids down the river. And, you know, if anyone's ever whitewater rafted, you know that you uh, you need to lean into big boulders mm-hmm. jetting out of the rapids in order to actually make it through the rapid. But mm-hmm. it's you know, leaning into something that seems like it will bring you to ruin mm. uh, is very counterintuitive. But yes. the trans- transformation is like that. You have to be open to sort of leaning in. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you do that, I believe that that next step is the sense of surrender. Mm. Uh, anytime we are invited to be transformed in our life, we have to sort of unfurl our hands on the things that we like to control. Wow, man. Um, You're talking to pastors. That's hard to do. Oh, man. It's <laughs> the hardest thing to do. And, and, you know, and, and to be quite honest, when I'm sort of on this side of, of reflecting um, on some of the things I've written, and mm-hmm. even um, not, not in the same pastoral role that I've been in for mm-hmm. about the eight years previous, mm-hmm. I am like 
oh man, I regret <laughs> some of my approaches. Yes, Because yes. I really like to control. I mean, I like to have control and I like to be the authority and I like mm. to know what's happening here. Mm. But to be quite honest, in order to become more whole, in order to step into this life of more abundance that God has for us, we have to surrender the mm -hmm. things that we um, that bring us some satisfaction and mm -hmm. some security and some significance. And we see this actually modeled obviously in Christ when mm -hmm. when He's tempted uh, in those the forty days. I mean, what He is being invited to is to grab onto significance, mm -hmm. grab onto security, mm -hmm. grab onto satisfaction, and. Mm -hmm. um, when he's tempted and he's like, no, I, I, I surrender all that to, to something greater. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when you surrender, um, you step into vulnerability. So, mm. you know. Now t tell me about vulnerability here. So sure. is this being vulnerable, obviously, in your relationship with the Lord, with other mm -hmm. people? What, is that, what does that look like? How is that, you know, how is that a part of the process? Well, I think what you're most, what you're, what you're surrendering into mm -hmm. uh, is the vulnerability of, being uncomfortable with letting go of your control. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be different for whatever it is. You know, when I think about, um, you know, when I think about transformations in my own life, uh, specifically, I'll use a ministry example. So I am um, a single woman. I'm 41. Mm -hmm. And uh, in my mid-30s, after uh, I had been in a relationship that I thought I was going to get married and it, it sort of ended, mm -hmm. I mean, I was lonely and I worked mm -hmm. hard. I overworked because I did not want, um, hmm. I didn't want to feel lonely. Yeah. And in ministry, you can do that. You can work yes, really hard. <laughs> you get rewarded for it. Of course you do. Yeah, and exactly. you know, and you, even there's internal rewards. You right. know, it's not just like people think you're great, but you know, you feel like you're doing the yeah, Lord's work. Because you're helping people. Yeah, yes. absolutely. So I worked really hard, and I remember getting to about 36 years old and thinking. I hate my life. <laughs> mm. I, ha I have nothing to talk about other than my work. And mm. I remember the transformation I wanted to see happen in my life was to embrace a rhythm of Sabbath. Mm. So I had to surrender mm -hmm. all the things that I had control over in my, you know, and obviously this takes time and lots of, lots of, uh, lots of time, <laughs> mm -hmm. prayer, people are supporting you. But this, the vulnerability that I felt by being really, honest with how I was feeling that I was actually working because I was lonely. That's mm -hmm. the vulnerability I had to feel. Mm -hmm. So do you see the, the, the answer there? Is, Absolutely. Vulnerable. So vulnerability to me, it has the ability to feel quite exhilarating, mm -hmm. but exhilaration, the definition is like terrifying and, exci <laughs> and exciting all at the same time. Right, 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 right. Uh, you know, my closest, uh, most visceral example of that is bungee jumping. Uh, <laughs> okay. So I did that in South Africa once, and it was the most amazing experience, but it was definitely a feeling of vulnerability. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, vulnerability. So when you're surrendering yourself to the vulnerability, <coughs> what you're really surrendering yourself is, is uh, bringing yourself to a place of what is that something must die. Mm. So something must die in order for something to be reborn. Mm. That's the equation. There has so, to be a death if there's going to be a resurrection. Absolutely. And mm. we have just come through this beautiful church season of Lent and mm -hmm. Easter mm -hmm. where we um, spend time thinking about that, right? Mm -hmm. It's like mm -hmm. we, are in, we, are, we are in the rebirth zone. We are in the resurrection zone. And mm -hmm. that leads to freedom. Um, and, and the freedom always leads to more love. But the truth is when any time there is a transformation in our life, there is a death. Mm -hmm. um, and 
And so we, we need to consider, even at the beginning, when we say, well, I want to be open mm-hmm. to becoming more whole, I want to be open to God transforming me, we have to know that we're signing up mm-hmm. for something to die. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's why Jesus talks about uh, coming to the end of yourself mm-hmm. and losing your life so that you're going to gain it. I mean, that is, mm-hmm. that is in essence what we're talking about here. What, what must die in order for something to be born? So anxiety must die mm-hmm. for... And fear must die for joy to be born, and selfishness must die for compassion to be born, and you know, you name it. And yes. um, so, love leads to our openness to surrender, into vulnerability, to the death of something, so that something can be reborn, rebirth mm-hmm. is um, that next stage. And and to me, what I've learned about that 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 process of rebirth, and that I spent a little bit of time writing about, mm-hmm. is it's a very fragile place. You mm. know, coming to a new normal, coming to a new place post death yep. is awesome, <laughs> but it feels precariously fragile because you're like, I know, I know the old habit, I know the old way of doing. Mm. I'm a little bit, um, I'm just aware, you mm-hmm. know, of stepping into that. So. But it's a beautiful place, and I think it can be an incredible invitation to a new freedom that we've never experienced before. Mm. Well, this is incredible. I, I hope you're leaning in at, and listening, you know, today, church leaders. And you know, I, I, we haven't even talked about. I mean, we just jumped into the content. We didn't even talk about what the title of your book is. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what is the title of it? Uh, you know, if people want to connect, it's called Life's Great Dare. I have it right here. Oh, and you have a copy. You know, I have to. I have to admit something here. I, I feel a little bit bad saying this. So, Krista <laughs> sent me a, a copy of the book ahead of time, um, which was great. I, I had an opportunity to read it ahead of time. Fantastic. But then she sent me. A, she sent me a completed book, which was nice. And I actually was going to hold it up today here, but I gave it away to a friend last night. Who, um, you know, and it, it, I just feel like, man, this would be a great resource, a great, you know, really speak to this, um, you know, this person's story where they're at right now. And that's really what our hope is. Why, why did you write the book? Let's talk, kind of pivot a little bit out of the content into yeah. just the process itself. Why would you decide to write a book? Or do you want to become a millionaire? Is that what you're trying to do here? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. That's, that's my teacher goal. <laughs> no. Not okay. at all. Well, I'm with the, so the book is called, can you, can you see it? Because I can't see you. So it's called. Life's great there, risking it all for the abundant life. Um, hey, and just so people know, because, you know, this is sort of secret stuff. People think this is me. This is not me. This is two stock images of Photoshop. <laughs> You're giving away your secrets here. Oh, There's I love a great it. image yeah. on the front of the book. It's, uh, it's fantastic. Image, it's, but, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, so, uh, okay. So, like I said earlier, I wasn't planning on writing a book mm-hmm. at all. In mm-hmm. fact, I felt incredibly insecure almost up until I saw it physically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that I um, that I could write. Right. So I I um, it became clear to me that I wanted to write a book mm-hmm. um, after a few months of getting into it. But I wasn't sure if anyone was going to read it. I wasn't even sure if I was going to publish it. So <laughs> so why did I write the book? Um, it sort of came out of me. But what I realized is that there's something, this message here has essentially saved my life. Mm. <laughs> um, when I, I know that I'm always wanting to become a better version of myself. Mm-hmm. I, I always want to become more healed and more whole. And who doesn't want more abundance in their life? Mm-hmm. You know, more, mm-hmm. when I say abundance, I mean, just this, this love and peace and joy that we're created for. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, am always on the lookout for that, but mm-hmm. I realized it only comes through the work of transformation of God mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. So as I was writing, I thought, well, this has been helpful for me. I'm, I'm just desperately hopeful that it's helpful for others. Mm-hmm. 
so that's why I wrote the book, but I self-published. So mm -hmm. it's been this amazing experience of learning um, mm. top to bottom what does it mean to write and edit and hire people to design and mm -hmm. print the book and it's been it's been a lovely experience for me nice very cool now so I, yeah so I, i'm not trying to make a million bucks yes. because i'm actually giving i'm giving a hundred <coughs> yes. of the proceeds away yeah yeah let's underline that that's kind of part of where i was leading you you're deciding to give a hundred percent of the proceeds away uh mm -hmm. to something called love to love project you know yeah. what is that you know what are you giving the the the, the, the proceeds away to yes okay well the love to love project is something that I have um, developed mm -hmm. and it really plays on the theme of the book that mm -hmm. transformation starts with love mm -hmm. and it ends to love, love mm -hmm. to love. Mm -hmm. And the truth is we all love to love, don't we? Mm -hmm. I mean, we all <laughs> yes, love to love. Good, yes. So for me, as people are um, buying the book and reading the book, my hope is that uh, people are invited into this work of transformation and as they are transformed it just leads to more love and for me i can't think of a better way of tangibly showing our love um than supporting some of the world's most vulnerable people and and my experience in ministry has been this beautiful opportunity to travel mm -hmm. um, to mostly to southern africa i've been to a few other places with world vision around the world mm -hmm. and um I love the idea of being able to share um, the, the proceeds of this book. So, so there's two projects specifically. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm working with World Vision mm -hmm. and the Syrian Refugee Response. Mm -hmm. And I'm also working with an organization called Mennonite Central Committee, who mm -hmm. I've seen their work in Southern Africa um, for many years. Mm -hmm. And there's a specific girls' home in Mozambique, mm -hmm. Mashanga Girls' Home. And so the proceeds of Life's Great Dare uh, is going to those two projects. And I couldn't be more thrilled. I mean, it, it means obviously um, a little bit more administrative work and it means obviously, you know, working hard financially to make mm -hmm. a way, but mm -hmm. I, I love this. This mm -hmm. to me feels really exciting. I walked the Camino a couple of, about a year and a half ago mm -hmm. and um, I had this thought, I was turning 40 mm -hmm. and I thought, wouldn't it be I have never said this out loud, actually, uh, mm. publicly. So fresh content. Fresh content. <laughs> um, I, I said, you know, wouldn't it be cool if I could uh, raise five hundred thousand dollars before I turn fifty to give mm. away somehow? That's incredible. Yeah, I, I, I'm sort of motivated by big goals like that, mm -hmm. and. I have no idea if it will happen, but at least that's the horizon I'm walking towards. So mm -hmm. even if it's $100,000 that I am able to raise and give yeah, away. that's amazing. Okay. So for 10 years, so that's $50,000 a year. That's ridiculous and, and, and <laughs> very, very hard, but I, yes. I, I'm excited to try. So Life's Great Dare, that's a part of it, and I'm, I'm thrilled. Well, I would really love, uh, you know, leaders who are le uh, listening in today. Um, we're going to give away three copies of this book, but this is what I want you to do. So I really want you to have Krista come and talk to your uh, community, um, yeah. whether it's a Sunday morning, maybe there's like a, you know, um, you know I, I, there, I'm sure you've got lots of environments at your church where you could have Krista come and, and plug in. I would love to do that. And this is what I want to do. If you go to unseminary.com forward slash here Krista, 
Um, I'm going to give away the, uh, there's a little quick form there. I'm going to mail out to you the first three people who say, I'd like to get more information. You're not committing to having Krista come, but you're just saying, I'd like to get more information. I really do think Krista would be a perfect kind of guest speaker. You know, we're coming up to the summer and fall season. You probably have some open time slots on a Sunday. Krista would be perfect to come share some of her stories around, um, you know, her own personal life change. It would be an encouragement, um, you know, to your community and ultimately, you you know, would hopefully get people to purchase some books. I think you're also doing a, um, you know, a book kind of club this summer as well. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm really excited about this. In July, I'm going to do an online book club Bible study mm -hmm. for anyone who wants to participate. The denomination that I'm a part of in Canada, they've already signed up and they're buying 600 copies and we're doing a huge book club for our whole denomination. And Very I'm thinking... Cool. Let's just open this up to everybody. Mm -hmm. So um, so I've got actually, right now I've got five groups from all over Canada and the U.S. Mm -hmm. helping me um, shape and form this book study um, book club for the month of July. So people will be able to um, follow along and track along, participate in, on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm really excited for more people to just be able to process some of the ideas in the book. And what I'm hoping is that there will be maybe some communities uh, church communities, mm -hmm. um, different sort of maybe groups mm -hmm. who uh, are looking to have a little bit more of an in-depth conversation mm -hmm. in the following ministry year, in mm -hmm. the fall and into the spring, mm -hmm. that I would be able to come and uh, share. I'd like to do retreats and workshops and preach on Sunday mornings. And so, yeah, so hopefully there'll be some interest there. Great. So like I say, um, you're going to want to go now. We're going to give these books away for free. Um, it, you know, Go to the website. We'll also have a link in, in the show notes for more information about that. Um, Krista, I've really appreciated you being on the show today. Um, this has been fantastic. If people want to get more information about you or about the book, how can they do that? Yeah. So my website is called lifesgreatdare.com. Mm -hmm. So you can go there. And that's where you can find me then on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. All the links are right on the website, lifesgreatdare.com. Uh, the book is available on Amazon. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be coming out in Kindle a little bit later. Mm -hmm. uh, you can go to Smashwords and get the ebook now. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm self-publishing, so I'm learning this whole uh, the publishing thing. But lifesgreatdare.com and amazon.com, uh, you'll be able to find everything you need. Thanks so much, Krista. Really yeah. appreciate you being on the show and sharing Thank a bit you. of your journey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.